good. If you have your Bibles this morning, I was getting ready to say this evening, I want to turn <laughs> this morning, Acts chapter 17, verses 16 through 18. Acts chapter 17, beginning in verse 16 through 18. My Lord, sometimes I think I should let that kept that snake and kept him out on a Sunday morning like Brother Harold said, we could have had a Pentecostal service around here. <laughs> he started, <laughs> if you wasn't here last Sunday night, there was a big snake sitting right here on the front porch climbing up the, <laughs> climbing up the side, trying to come through the door. You know, I thought maybe we should have kept it, maybe to get some people alive this morning. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you, if Jesus can't get you alive, I don't know who can. Amen. If you can't get, if Jesus can't get you, get you happy, I don't know who can. Amen. Something's wrong if Jesus can't. Amen. Let's read the, what, what happened right here at Acts 17, beginning in verse 16. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry, therefore disputed in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with him that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Ipcareans and the Steaks encountered him, and some said, What will this babbler say? And others, some, he seemed to be a good setter of forth a strange God, because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. Let me just jump on down to verse 22 and 23. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that all things ye are to superstitious. Hey, hey, listen. For as I passed by and beheld your devotion, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. But I want to go back into verse seven, 16 right there. We're right there. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred. When he saw the city wholly giving to idolatry. I want to speak to you just for a few moments on the thought of his spirit being stirred. I'm telling you that means there is a thing called a righteous indignation. Anybody know that? Amen. How many know there's a righteous anger? There's a right anger and there's a wrong anger. If Paul had the right anger... And I'm telling you, the body of Christ ought to be having that righteous indignation. They ought to be stirred about what we are seeing in our country, in our society, in our land. I'm going to just say this before I pray. You ought to be stirred. The body of Christ ought to be stirred about empty pews here this morning. Am I right? Amen. You ought to be stirred about all these empty pews this morning. But if you go to the lake, it's full. If you go to a shopping center, it's full. After dinner time, you won't be able to get into a restaurant. Amen? But yet, the beds, let's get this in. The beds are full. People snoozing away. It ought to stir you. It ain't that they can't get out. It's they don't want to get out. 
They don't want to be. It ought to stir you, what Paul, just like it stirred Paul here. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Lord, and we lift you up, dear God. And we praise you, dear God, today, Lord, and we just exalt you, dear God. Uh, Lord, and we just ask you, Lord, to anoint me, dear God, to speak your word this morning, Lord. Uh, and give me the words you would have me to speak, oh God, today, Father, Lord. Uh, Lord, today I ask God for you to just uh, stir us, oh Lord. Let us get stirred up, dear God. God today Father Lord uh, Lord and we give you glory God and we give you praise and I ask for your anointing God and I ask for your blessings this morning in Jesus name we pray amen and amen um, I asked you a question this morning uh, are you stirred by the things that you see uh, that is going on in the world today uh, are you stirred about people that are falling away uh, are you stirred about the wickedness uh, and the ungodly filth that floods our land, that floods our airways, that floods our streets, and comes into our homes today? Or has the body of Christ become so complacent and so worldly, carnally minded that these things no longer bother one. Huh? Ain't that a shame so many have become so complacent uh, that many in the church just look at it as the norm. Huh? I want you to know that is not the norm. That is the abnormal. Now with the world it would be the norm but we're not talking about the world. In the eyes of God it is not normal. It is sin. It is a disgrace. It is disgusting if you will. But I'm afraid many have got comfortable just sitting around in this world that we are in right now. People are not stirred. They're not Phased by what is going on. But when I begin to read right here in Acts chapter 17, in verse 16, I see a man who got stirred when he stepped foot in the city of Athens. I see a man who was filled with some righteous indignation. I see a man when he saw all these temples that were dedicated to these idols and when he saw all these idol worshipers uh, going on into Athens uh, it didn't make him happy in fact uh, he had a righteous indignation about him um, I'm talking about the apostle Paul uh, that when he saw when he stepped into Athens and saw those things uh, he wasn't one bit happy in fact the Bible says his spirit uh, was stirred uh, you see I like what Leonard Ravenhill wrote. He said we need a baptism of holy anger again. A righteous indignation if you will. Get angry over the things that we see right here. You see what Paul began to see? He saw the conditions that the city of Athens were in. When he saw what they were doing it literally turned his stomach. And I think about what 
what Jesus told the Laodicean church. He said, because you're neither cold nor hot, but because you're lukewarm, he said, I will spew you out of my mouth. In other words, Jesus told Laodicea, I will literally vomit you out of my mouth. What that Laodicean church did, it was a mixture of cold and hot. And it literally turned the stomach of Jesus. My Lord, I think about today how the people are trying, many of the body of Christ are trying to mix the world, trying to live like the world, dress like the world, act like the world, and yet trying to be a part of the body of Christ. They want to have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But I've come by to tell you this morning, my Bible says, be ye separate, said the Lord God of hosts. He said, come out from among them and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. But yet we see many in the body of Christ just thinks it's all right. But let me tell you when Paul saw what was going on in Athens, he was stirred. Did you hear me? He was stirred. J.B. Phillips said it like this. While Paul was there, his soul was so excavated beyond endurance at the sight of that city. So completely adulterous. No doubt about it. Paul had a righteous anger about him. And a few reasons Paul had that righteous anger was that people were devoting themselves to a fraud. They were worshiping things that wasn't real. They were worshiping these statues, these false gods, if you will, that were inspired by demon spirits. Paul, not only were they worshiping and devoting themselves to it, but they were spending tons of wealth being used for worthless powerless idols. That's where their money was giving. They were being given over to build these statues to these idol gods and why the money could have been used to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you hear me? Oh my Lord. Ain't it a shame that people God, can I preach for just a minute here? For just a minute here. Ain't it a shame that people say, well, we don't need to get, they get mad because you guess for money in the church but they don't have a problem giving it to a ball game paying a couple hundred dollars for a two hour seat they don't have a problem buying their fishing equipment their guns and all of these other things but they don't want to give to the work of God I dare to tell you today that there's things around here or that people give to more than the work of God think about it there's there's more that is spent on dog food every year than they are given to the work of Almighty God. My Lord, no wonder Paul was stirred a little bit. No wonder he was stirred. People were giving to these worthless idols that didn't mean anything to him. You see, Paul was also angry that the hearts of men, hearts of flesh cried out to these vain gods and they had hearts of stone 
on these gods. Uh, Paul was angry also uh, that the atoning blood of Jesus was trampled in many mock Christ uh, and the resurrection. Uh, Paul was angry that a man was a heartbeat away from hell uh, that they could drink and they could eat uh, and can be merry and not even realize it. Uh, my Lord, when's the last time you got upset uh, and got stirred uh, because somebody's on their way to hell? I asked the body of Christ that. Uh, when's the last time you got upset uh, and got stirred in your spirit and had that righteous indignation? Uh, that man is bound uh, in the chains of sin today. Uh, I asked the body of Christ this morning, uh, are you stirred this morning? Uh, are you angry like Paul was? Uh, Paul was angry that the devil uh, had kept these many people bound, if you will, uh, with chains of fear and chains of lust, uh, chains of idolatry. Uh, no wonder Paul had that righteous indignation uh, about him this morning. Uh, my Lord, I asked the body of Christ, uh, are you stirred this morning? Uh, are you stirred in your spirit this morning? Uh, when you see the conditions of this land that we are in, uh, are you bothered uh, by what you're seeing going on in your family this morning? Uh, are you bothered uh, about those that are bound up on drugs and alcohol? Uh, are you bothered uh, about the trash uh, that floods this land this morning? Amen. I know this week we celebrate Thursday, we celebrate Independence Day. My Lord, but I'm going to tell you, there's many that are walking around, they're not free. No, we're not bound up by, ch well, you, let me, we may not be, have foreign in armies in this land. We may not be under the dictatorship of somebody like Vladimir Putin or somebody else like that. But they are many that are walking around. They'll have their barbecues. They'll shoot their fireworks this week, but they're celebrating Independence Day and don't have an idea what true freedom is about. Amen? True freedom is not about being able to do as you want to do. How many know that? True freedom's about being set free from the bondage of sin this morning. Amen? How many know when Jesus come the first time, Israel was looking for a Messiah that would set them hands free from the set them free from the hands of Romans, the Romans. And this is why many of Israel rejected him because he wasn't going to deliver them from the hands of the Romans. No, Jesus said, "I come to set you free from someone greater than the." Romans, I come to set you free uh, from the bondage of Satan this day. Uh, that's why Jesus come this morning. Uh, my Lord, we talk about independence, uh, but how many be bound on drugs and alcohol this week? Amen? Uh, how many be bound on pornography? Uh, how many are bound in perversion? Uh, how many are bound in adultery? Uh, how many are bound by lying? Uh, how many are bound by greed? Uh, how many are bound by jealousy? Uh, how many
many are bound by these things this morning. My Lord, if we want to talk about freedom, the freedom ain't going to be found in these idols. Did you hear me? Freedom ain't going to be found in our ball games. As much as we like to watch the Cowboys, there ain't going to be no freedom there. But let me tell you, where freedom is, is in the one that they call Jesus Christ, whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. Chains and people ain't stirred. I'm going to hit it tonight because I'm going to deal with stirring because I think that's something that's missing, especially in this church and all the churches around the world. People ain't stirred to prayer. But let me just give you a hint of the night's message. When God told Abraham he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham didn't wait. He stood before the Lord for his nephew Lot. I'm telling you, we're missing. People ain't stirred. Amen. People ain't stirred in their spirit by what they're seeing. You know what it is? They're complacent. In many cases, let me tell you that some in the church is no better in shape than some that is in the world. Amen. But I want you to know there's freedom in Christ. My Lord, it ought to stir our spirit. I don't know how I'm going to say this. Listen to what some of the things I heard in this first presidential debate. The big issue is who was the most pro-abortion. That ought to stir you. Amen. That ought to stir you when somebody running for president of the United States makes a statement like this. That a transgendered woman should be able to have an abortion. You can't even have a baby, you dummy. You're still a man. But that statement was made this week. That ought to stir you. The stupidity, the boundness of people today. How bound they are. They're whacked up. They're chained up. And we see this flooding. But it seems like we're just sitting around picking our fingernails a little bit. Playing patty cakes, baker's mad. Let me tell you, these things are invading our land. And we're not getting stirred. Preacher, we just need to sit back and let these things come. Oh, that's a lie from the pits of hell. We ain't to sit back. We ought to get stirred. Jesus said, occupy till I come. What did he do? Can I tell you Jesus got stirred? On at least two occasions, he got stirred of what he saw going on into the temple. My Lord. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and brought into the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. 
In John 2 and 15, we get another account. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' monies and overthrew the table. Let me tell you, Jesus was not happy what was going on in the temple of God. My Lord, I know some people will say, you're a little strict to what goes on. No, I need to get probably a little stricter because this is sacred. This is holy. Amen. I know it's a building, but it's a place where we gather to come into the presence of God. Let me remind you that where Moses found God in a burning bush, it wasn't nothing but a piece of ground, dry ground in a bush there. But what made it? But God said, get your, take your shoes off because it is holy ground. My Lord, I'm telling you, people ain't got a respect for the things of God anymore. I don't allow just anybody on this stage. Excuse me. Amen. I'm not going to put up with things that some things that other churches may put up with. The way some of them come dressed on the stage before God. You don't get on this stage half naked. Amen. Amen. This is sacred. Amen. My Lord, what are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you, if Jesus took interest in the table and showed the sacredness of it, uh, let me tell you, it ought to drive you mad. It ought to give some righteous indignation. Amen? Because he saw what was going on in there. He got mad because it became a place of polluting where they had turned it into a flea market atmosphere. My Lord, let me tell you how sacred it was. That he prepared a small cord, and he uh, that was a whip. He sat there and made it himself. He made it specifically for one purpose: to cleanse the temple. My Lord, as preachers, if we don't keep it in order, He will, and you don't want Him keeping it in order. <laughs> Amen. Oh, He'll keep it in order. Remember Eli, the high priest, who let his sons do whatever. It wouldn't deal with his sons. They were living in adultery, having prostitution, going to the temple. We know what happened. He fell back in his chair and broke his neck. Backslidden priest. My Lord, we got to get stirred. Amen. We got to get stirred. I get stirred when I see... The rock and roll concerts going on in our sanctuaries, in our youth groups. Amen. I get stirred when you look up and see a praise team that's half-dressed. Amen. Skirts that are up here. Men that are wearing shorts all the way up here. I get stirred with that. My Lord, have we forgot this is holy ground. We're coming into the presence of God. And let me remind you, if you would go to court, uh, you would dress your appropriate. Oh, preacher, you're getting on to something. Yeah, I'm getting on it. I've had this in my spirit about a week now. <laughs> Why is it that if we go for a job interview, we're going to put our best? But when we come before God, we're not. Amen. My Lord, that's in everything. And that's in our giving. That's in our time. 
My Lord, we ought to get stirred. We ought to get stirred by the adultery, the idolatry that is filling our hands. Let me tell you, Jesus grew angry right here in Matthew and in John because he saw what the temple of God was in, the shape that it was in. It was out of order. And my Lord, as long as the temple of God was out of order, he could, the Spirit of God could not move. They could not be healing. They could not be miracles that took place until he cleansed it. Did you hear me? How do you know? Because Matthew points it out. After he cleansed it, he brought them in and he healed them. They were praising. Amen? They were being healed after that. Why? Because the temple of God. Well, let's get back on to the subject this morning. The point I'm trying to make is Jesus was stirred. Don't tell me he don't get stirred today by the things he sees going on. And if you're a part of his body, you ought to be stirred too. Wouldn't you see what's happening in our society? Wouldn't you see how the devil's got people bound up? Amen? Wouldn't you see how they're broke in bondages this morning? My Lord, don't you think it's time for the body of Christ to get stirred with all the idolatry that fills the land? I'm going to put it like this. I'm stirred by the adultery that fills the church. Woo, did I say that? I said it. I said the idolatry that fills the body of Christ. Preacher, you're a little, uh, you're on the warpath. My Lord, if you saw the adultery that was running rampant in the church, uh, you'd be on the warpath too. Let me tell you what's going on. They're more, they got the, uh, they're worshipers of the bed. People say, I just can't get up that early. I just can't get up that early. No, you got an idol, and it's called the pillar. You got to be at the doctor, you'll be up. You got to be at work, you'll be up. You going somewhere, you'll be up. Why is 9.30 so early to be up? Before day rise, they were, Mary Magdalene, they were in the grave looking for Jesus. They were in the tombs looking for Jesus. In the early morning of the hour, my Lord, we got idolatry today that fills our churches where the man, or the, it's about the man behind the pulpit instead of the message and the one who is the head shepherd. Oh, I'm going to say this. Uh, let me tell you this right now. I'm going to call it out right now what it is. And this is a proven fact. We got millions down in Texas that will go center to Joel Osteen. I'm getting ready to blow you what he just did this week, and it, it, it's been proven. He went to an LGBT pride festival with Lady Gaga, and the pictures are there to prove it. And Snoop said if it was true that he went there in celebration of it. They'll worship. Where is the gospel? My Lord, we worship these people like that. Idolatry. Idolatry. I said it and I don't back off of it because I know it's a fact that he went. We got idols in our churches that take the place of God. I used to, I want to say it. Can I preach hard this morning? I may be preaching a little hard for some this morning. That's all right. 
we got the idols that we don't want to give to God. Woo. We got to pay our cable bill before we tithe. We got to keep our cell phones on before we give to God. Hello? Hello, am I on it? Can my preaching right this morning? Amen. I'm going to tell you, God ain't looking for your leftovers. He's looking for your best this morning. My Lord, I'm telling you, there's something that'll stand in line at the Pennsylvania lottery, but they won't put a $10 into the offering plate. It's an idol. Oh, I'm going to preach it this morning. And I know we got some givers here, but in my years of ministry, I know one thing, that there's still some that don't. I don't look at the records. I think that's between you and God and Caesar right there. <laughs> She'll come for you. <laughs> she don't, they don't want that, do they? <laughs> what it is, let me tell you what it is. People say, well, I can't afford to give to the work of God. I can't afford to take care of the work of God. No, it ain't you can't. Very few. I've seen some that didn't have none give more than some that has more. I have seen that. What it is, the problem is, they're bowing down to this right here. They're bowing down to it. Idols that are filling our churches. There's the idols of pleasure more than the idols of God. Paul said it like this when he wrote to Timothy. There would come a day where there'd be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Amen? Amen? There'd be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Oh, I'm going to... Listen, you can go on and you can go on and find these idols. They're not just in the world, but in the house of God that have taken the place of the Lord Jesus Christ in their life. It ought to stir the body of Christ. And all to stir the body to see these things happening and people are falling away. But it don't bother anymore. Preacher, you preach hard. Well, if you don't want a hard-hitting preacher, you got the wrong one. Amen? We ain't stirred by the perversion. In fact, we I just seen we're in Texas. A Presbyterian church is going to ordain somebody that says they're neither male nor female. I can't remember what denomination. It was either Methodist or Presbyterian. They had drag queens coming in there reading to the children. Anybody else see that? Do you see the perversion? Hit all the flur. It's not just in the world, but it's in the church of God. This sees no problem with these things. Don't see no problem with sin. My Lord, it ain't preached on enough sin. Let me tell you, if you think sin's pretty, I'll tell you, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I got a message I can preach that many people are going to hell on minimum wage today. Amen? They're going to hell on very little because they're wrapped up in that sin this morning. We don't get stirred up. I guess many in the body of Christ don't think there's a cause to get stirred up. 
I'll tell you, there's not a cause to go and fight. There's not a cause to make a stand. My Lord, David answered this question in 1 Samuel 17, 28 and 29. And Elab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Elab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and naughtiness of the heart. For thou hast come down that thou might see the battle. Now listen to David's pride. David's answer, excuse me, in verse 29. And David said, what have I now done? Then he said, is there not a cause? Let me tell you, the other armies weren't going to fight. His brothers weren't going to fight Goliath. The armies of Israel weren't going to fight Goliath. It was David who saw the cause. Amen. It was David, a shepherd boy. It's all the cause. Let me tell you something this morning. We may be from a small community. You may be from a small community, a small area. But you can still be to David. Amen. To see the cause. The rest may not. The rest of the churches may not fight to Goliath. But the Houston Town Church of God can be to David. Amen. David saw the cause. You say, what was the cause? Well, he knew there was a giant that if it wasn't dealt with, (laughs) it was going to hang around for a while. Oh, it was going to hang around tormenting them, and it would kill them if somebody didn't deal with it. If you don't deal with it, guess what? It's going to hang around. He knew there was a giant that was roaming around defiling God and defiling Israel, speaking things against God. He knew it. He said, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to fight this giant? My Lord, I asked you this morning, like David asked his brother, is there not a cause to be stirred this morning? Is there not a cause to be angry this morning. My Lord, I'm going to tell you right now, I hear people say, we don't need none of more of that hell, fire, and brimstone preaching. My Lord, I think that's exactly what this society needs again. My Lord, we don't need no more of this holiness preaching, but that's what the church needs to hear again. My Lord, you can get me riled by the things you start messing around. Start messing around with this desk or my Bibles or anything. The things of God that are holy. You're going to see how riled the preacher can get. You may not like it. I don't know if I ought to say this. God may save your soul, but I'm going to... <laughs> I'm going to come off on you with a whip. Let's put it in a nice way. <laughs> no, because I get riled. like the food and drink issue those that know better after I told I'll get riled those that don't know better I'll probably let it slide till you get told 
that we're not a snack shop. Amen? We're not a coffee house. We're not a social gathering. Amen? If you want a social gathering, you get you, you gather out here. It ain't a place that we social gather. This is a place we come before God. Amen? Now, I believe in fellowship. But when we, but let me tell you, that ain't the purpose, the fellowship with one another. The purpose of this sanctuary is to come into the presence of God. How many know that? Amen. I get stirred up when people are doing everything else. I know sometimes we can't help it. But they're doing everything else but listening to what's going on. I get stirred up to see people playing on Facebook in the house of God. I get stirred up to see them playing on their phone, checking their account. If I catch you about right playing with your checkbook, you better be writing a check to the church or the preacher. <laughs> no, or twiddling your fingers. No, there's no interest in God. Many treat it as just a place. We're not stirred. We're not stirred. Better things that goes on. Lord, I was reading over in China. There were some believers in China. You want me to tell you something? Some of you here have a problem memorizing one verse. But these, there's a body of believers in China that says we memorize the Bible and put it in their heart. Not just one chapter, not just one book. They said we memorize the whole Bible because if we put it in their heart, they can't take that away from us. My Lord, there's some dedication. My Lord, you could tell some to turn to Mark chapter 17 today, some would turn. Turn to the book of Hezekiah, some would turn. Oh, my Lord. We need to memorize these scriptures. It ought to stir you this morning. There's not a call, there's a cause because the enemy is stealing, killing, and destroying. The enemy's stealing and killing and destroying. And where's the body of Christ? Our streets, again, are full of violence. They're full of perversion. They're corruption. Yet the body of Christ is not stirred. Our nation has forgotten. The God of Israel. They mock him. They cuss him. They ridicule him. They're removing the Ten Commandments, the crosses, the manger scenes, and anything that has to do with Jesus. But yet the America that's doing that is putting up arches of bells in many of our major cities today. They're building mosques and allowing Islam. There's a town in Michigan I can't remember it off my, my head. But you would think you was in the Middle East when you walked there because of all the Islamic tents. And they would give out chance to Muslims during the day. And even in a town in Alaska, listen, they opened a prayer meeting, not to Jesus, but the ACLU forced this town, well, they could have probably took a stand, but they allowed it anyway. To give a meeting of Satanists, to give a prayer to say, Hell, Satan, where's the stirring at? My Lord, let me tell you, and you tell me this morning, 
There is not a cause to get stirred. You tell me there's not a reason to be angry this morning. Boy, if they'd have said, open a prayer in Jesus, my Lord, there would have been an uproar by the world, wouldn't it? Why ain't there an uproar by the saints of God? America, I'm going to just tell you, is no better than other nations this morning. We do it different. But I'm going to tell you, we're just as guilty as killing our innocent as these other nations are. You remember a couple years ago they bombed Syria for putting this mustard gas on these children. What's the difference in that than having a legalized Planned Parenthood to put a pair of scissors in the back of the brains of an unborn child? What's the difference? We ca- America just calls it a choice, but God calls it murder. Our streets are full of blood this morning. Our cities are full of perverseness this morning. And you tell me there's not a reason to be angry. We sanction laws that go against God's word. Just years back, the Supreme Court legalized same-sex marriage. That was a defiance against the first thing that God established. Before he established the church, he established the family. Did you hear me? And God defined a family as one man and one woman. And that's the real definition of it. But our courts say it's legal. Next, you'll be wanting to marry their equipment, their tools. They'll be wanting to marry their computer. This is where it's coming, their dogs, their animals. I'm serious. They've changed the laws. They'll for long. Let's talk about this on Jimmy Swagger, how in the Old Testament, even though it wasn't God's plan, God allowed it. On Francis and Friends, how they'll be wanting to have two or three, four different wives. One man wrote in, he said, I don't understand why one man would want to have more than one wife. (laughs) I had to get that in. But you don't, you see where it's going. God established one man and one woman. And they're trying to push it. I'll be glad when June's over to get this stupidity out of the way where they celebrate pride, they're celebrating their fall. Let me tell you real quick this morning. A rainbow is not a, does not represent homosexuals. They robbed that from God. It represents God's covenant to Noah. We ought to be stirred when these drag queens, and there was one I watched on the video, growling in a library full of the devil before innocent children. You tell me there's not a reason to be stirred this morning. There's not a re- there's not a cause to be angry this morning. They're not only that, let me tell you. They're now trying to kill 
all for seniors. I'm going to just tell you this, what they're doing. They get so old, I've been listening to this. The doctor, I know for a fact, I know for an instance in North Carolina where a gentleman had cancer and the doctor could have given him a pill to keep his life, they could have kept his life six more months. But you know what they told him? We don't, you're too old. You might as well, they wouldn't give it. They said, just wipe you out. It's coming, it's coming, it's slipping in. I've been listening to stories like this because they're no longer fit for society. Let me tell you, if it don't stop there, you're handicapped, you got a challenge, disabled, if you can't fit in, they'll try to kill you next. Is there not a cause? And I'll, it goes back. If they don't value the life of the most innocent, of the unborn child, they do not value it all. Think about it. Think about how our laws for abortion is so stupid. You know, if you kill a woman who is pregnant, you can be charged with d double homicide, something like that. So why ain't the mother and the abortion doctor charged for murder of cleaning, killing that unborn child? Is there not a reason? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? We don't value the sanctity of life. You see, I could go on and on. Don't get me wrong, I like dogs. I like other people's dogs. I can pet them and play with them, and they can take the responsibility. But ain't it a shame when there's an uproar about killing a dog or an eagle or a deer more than they are about killing an unborn child? Think about it. Is there not a cause the way they break it? Lock the word of God and cuss God. And you tell me the church is in no better shape than the world is. Because I told you, I believe both of these happened in Texas. The drag queen and the Presbyterian church, one of the branches of it, not sure which one, that said they're getting ready to ordain that man who says he's neither male or female. First of all, you're ordaining an idiot because you're either male or you're female. And if they don't know whether somebody don't know if somebody's male or female, they're as stupid as the one that don't know it. That's bad, Jimmy, but it's a plain fact. My Lord, I read an article where churches... We're building bars, bringing booze in to increase attendance. I don't need that. I need just power of the Holy Ghost. And I ask you, is there not a reason for the church some Holy Ghost anger tonight? Is there not a reason for a righteous indignation today? My Lord, what's going on? We're not stirred by it. This part of the sermon tonight, I think many people are like Lot, used to what's going on.
must be. My Lord, I can turn on certain things. I got to turn it off because I get bread in the face. California just passed that in the state assembly with the help of some evangelical leaders about toning it down on homosexuals. State assembly just passed that out there. Well, that, that took me unglued and I just went to that legislator's Twitter and just gave him a piece of my mind. Told him there'll be pastors that won't bow to that out there. But I remind you also, right before Jesus wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah, they tried to kick the doors down to get to the angels of God, the homosexuals did. And that's what they're doing in a different way through legalization and legislation. Get ready for the riots getting ready to get exciting. But until then, we got to be, there's got to be some righteous indignation. Hey, man, I'd rather get, see some people get excited, getting stirred up than just being complacent this morning. But it ain't enough just to be angry about it. We've got to be stirred to action. We've got to be stirred to move. It ain't enough to just sit on a pew. We've got to be stirred into action. Why don't your church move into action? Because it is complacent in this modern Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'll get there tonight. That we got much more required of us than Sodom and Gomorrah had at them. <laughs> and you know how Sodom and Gomorrah's outcome. But we're just like Sodom and Gomorrah. I call it a modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus said, as in the days of Lot, so shall it be when the Son of Man cometh again. Not only was perversion there, we'll get there a little bit, but the economy also ruled in that day. God wiped it out. We're complacent where we are at. The things that come across their TV no longer bothers us. The music that we put to our ear no longer disturbs us. I remember a time when we had burned rock and roll music. We'd bring the CDs and the tapes and we would burn them. You could hear feel the demons going out of them. No longer burns. I remember a time filth would come on. You would change the channel or cut the TV off. But now Christians are watching shows like Modern Family, Helen DeGeneres, and it no longer disturbs them with the things they see. Complacency has hit this land instead of being stirred like the Apostle Paul was. My Lord, it don't bother the things that's going on. There'll be many that say, well, it don't bother me what Mr. Osteen does. Well, it ought to bother you. It ought to disturb you. Being associated with Lady Gaga in the first place ought to disturb somebody. Then what they was at ought to disturb somebody else. 
My Lord, it ought to disturb you that we got churches having drag queen hours. The indoctrination, it ought to disturb you. They're just accepting homosexuality as the norm. It ought to disturb you that they're killing babies and calling it a choice. A woman's right. What about that baby's right? I got a question for him. You talk about a woman's right. What if that baby's a girl? What about her rights? Amen. That child's got rights too. We protect our, these bald eagles, but we don't protect our unborn children. Is there not a reason to be caught stirred? Is there not a reason this morning? David was stirred when he was by the giant, and he was the only one willing to face the champion. Jesus was stirred by the temple. But let me tell you, they weren't just stirred to be huffing and a puffing. They were stirred to action. Jesus was stirred to action. He went in there, and he didn't ask. He just moved. I wish they had a table with stuff on it this morning. I would just show you how things went flying. David was stirred enough to fight the giant. Paul was stirred right here. What he did when he began to see this city full of idols, he began to preach the true God. He preached against those idols. He used the altar to the unknown gods. Let me tell you, in Athens, they had an altar to any kind of God that you wanted it to. They had anything imaginable. They had it stirred right there. These Greeks built these monuments, and they had one to an unknown God in case there was one they ain't never heard of. They were, if, let me tell you, they were superstitions. Superstition. If you're superstitious, you need to get that out of the way. If you got to have a rabbit's foot, <laughs> four-leaf clover, superstitious. Black cat walks out in front of you. That ain't no seven years and no bad luck. <laughs> they were like that in Athens. They had any thing you could imagine that worship. These Greek gods, if you've ever hear about Zeus and all these, that's where it comes from. They had one altar to the unknown God. They had so many. So they just built an altar. It says unto an unknown God, in case we ain't never heard of one. And that's where Paul used that's what Paul used to the altar of the unknown God. He said, I'm going to introduce you to Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. My Lord, Paul was stirred to preach in that city. My Lord, have you ever got so stirred you just started preaching? Sister Marcy, you can get ready to come. But I remember a time when I first got in the, called to preach, about a year after I was saved, I was getting started preaching in Asheville. I was working in a grocery store in Ingalls. I got into it with this new age. It didn't take long for the preacher man to come out of me. <laughs> I started, he was starting talking about reincarnation. I said, you believe that junk all you want, but there's a heaven and a hell. You believe that? I know. I don't, I don't believe it. I know there's a heaven and a hell. How? Because Jesus told me. Amen. 
hey, man, I got that preaching to him, and he took off. Told me one time, they said, you're going to have to take your hat off. I had Jesus and a cross on it. I said, I'll take my hat off when they take their ball team's hats off. Let me tell you about Ingalls. I took a stand there. I took a stand for the gospel. There's one thing they never asked me to do was work a Sunday. They never. Eventually, I probably worked two Saturdays, in my, and most of them was probably for half a day in my whole tenure, maybe two or three, four Saturdays. In my whole tenure with Ingalls, I'd get the banker's hours. I'd have favor. I could come in, go if I wanted to come in, or come in if I didn't, just call them and tell them. I had that kind of favor. And when I did come in, I'd ride around with a boss man many times in Asheville, looking at vehicles and four-wheelers and things like that. <laughs> I had that kind of favor with them. But I believe it all started because I took a stand for Christ at the beginning. I told them I'd never work a Sunday. I said, that's in the contract. I said, even before I was a pastor, I told them I will not work a Sunday. What if they need? I don't care if you need me or not. I said on Sunday, I've got a commitment to somewhere else. I got a commitment to Christ to be in his house. And as a preacher, I'm not even going there. Just as a young evangelist. You know, they never did ask me. And I had favor with them the whole time. I had favor with them the whole time. There were times I got stirred. There were times they would ask me questions up front. I would get stirred with them. Nobody ever said nothing to me. There was times I got into them. We'd have meetings in the back. I'd just give them the truth. Get stirred. My Lord, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause this morning, if you can't stand this morning? See, let me tell you, when you get stirred, you're going to tell them about Jesus. When you get stirred, you're going to pray and intercede like Abraham did for Lot. When you get stirred, you're going to witness and proclaim his name. You get stirred, you're going to be in God's house. You get stirred, you're going to fast. Being stirred leads to action. And I challenge you this morning. Is this many in the body of Christ ain't stirred by the things they're not seen as why? Because they're comfortable. I challenge you this morning to get stirred this morning. How many would say, Lord, I need to get stirred? Don't let me get complacent in this hour. I need to get disturbed. I need to get disturbed. I need to get angry about the things that I see. I need to get upset by the things that I'm hearing. My Lord God wants you stirred this morning. He wants you into action this morning. My Lord, it ought to stir everyone what Satan's doing to your family, your household this morning, your family, your children. Lord, we give you glory, God. We give you praise this morning in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.